I feel I must say this here. The information provided on this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you or someone you know is going through depression or any mental health concern, it is essential that you consult with a qualified healthcare provider for an accurate assessment. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mind Ki Baat where we discuss the part that really matters, your mind or specifically mental health. I am your neurodivergent host Shardul. The people with depression are just really sad. Depression is such a conversation that it just doesn't come out. People don't realize it. Depression is not a real illness. Paisa hona India ke andar especially aisa mana jata hai ki woh insaan bahut khush hai. To probably ye kaha jayega ki uske paas sab kuch hai aur woh har lihaz se khush hai. Phir bhi usse depression kaise ho gaya? I did not realize that I had this problem because I had normalized the depression for me. The opposite of happiness became depression. It wasn't sadness. The people who are depressed can just snap out of it. Depression as a common emotional experience affects a large proportion of the population. We are also the most depressed country in the world. This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Mind Ki Baat. And I personally think depression as the sleeper cell candidate of mental health illnesses because people ignore it because they've heard of it. And almost everyone like i said has heard of it which eventually turns out to be a big mistake but we'll get to that in a moment let me introduce our guests first our first guest in studio with us is mayur mayur sharma chances are you know him from iway on my plate food show but besides that mayur has also worked in fashion teaching and he has made other television shows too like jai hind and india's most haunted with his lifelong friend rocky welcome you thank you very much thanks for having me here he also writes and he's a prolific traveler i i i found out when i was researching this i knew he did a travel food show but i didn't know he has traveled to over 60 countries which is like dream for most people so kudos to that uh, our second guest is dr bhavna barmi bhavna is a well known mental health professional author lecturer and public speaker and she has over 24 years of experience in psychology she has received many national and international awards and practices at happiness studio in delhi welcome bhavna thank you so much pleasure being here and i would also like to tell our listeners that she also engages with many other organizations like like mind track and psycare but my favorite one was possum which is a pet wellness center so lovely to have you with us for that too separately <laughs> i know that's my personal favorite too <laughs> so um i want to thank both our guests because they took out time from their extremely busy schedules to join us together and before we dive into the depths of depression i mean not personally but <laughs> oh, well i hope that was an unintended pun <laughs> yes it <laughs> okay. it was intentional but okay uh, a few data points i'd like to share before we uh, go to our guests um according to who approximately 1 in 6 people experience a major depressive episode sometime in their lives and annually nearly 16 million adults continue to suffer from clinical depression medically clinical depression is different from regular depression so y- you should keep that in mind one more thing before i go to our guests depression also presents itself in large variety of symptoms some may be more common like 
panic attacks anxiety feeling tired all the time and you know it goes to the extent of which is sadly common suicidal thoughts but inherently it's different for each individual a fitting example i found of this is loss of sleep and excessive sleeping feeling sleepy all the time both are symptoms of depression although they are you know polar opposites but i've spoken long enough so i'll go to our first guest mayu there is you know widespread misconception about depression and especially in india that people who are fit who are well to do in life seem happy i mean they cannot be depressed a famous public example was ssr incident he was depressed for a long time and that became a political propaganda सुशांत सिंह राजपूत ने आत्महत्या नहीं की थी उसकी हत्या हुई थी मैंने कहा था कि हो सकता है कि सुशांत की हत्या रिया चक्रवर्ती नदा की हो लेकिन सुशांत सिंह की मौत मामले में उठते सवालों ने एक अब एक अलग एंगल ले लिया है सुशांत आप ये पूरे देश की लड़ाई है दोस्तों आपकी लड़ाई सुशांत I think it is a very very important topic that uh, that you've chosen to discuss and I am very grateful to be here to share uh, my journey um, you know I I don't know how many people listen to this podcast and stuff but if uh, the doc and I through sharing uh, in her case her expertise in my case my experience yes if we can help even one person maybe understand things better and uh, uh, make a committed effort towards healing then i think it's a fantastic thing so i'm very very happy to be here no apologies required thank you i generally try to you know caution is better than error mm. so yes thank you for being here and but so what i was asking was for you to share your experience and please tell us how mistaken this idea is this whole concept that people who seem happy and well to do cannot be depressed okay so uh, firstly i'm i'm I would like to stay away from mistaken ideas and stuff. I think I'm here to share my personal journey. Yes. Um, okay. Every human being is unique. Yes. Every body is unique. Every brain is unique. So yes, uh, when people are struggling and when their mental health is uh, deviating from what people say is normal or within parameters, I don't want to get into the tech thing. Um, different people experience it in different ways. Mm. So I'm very happy to share my journey. So in 2000, I've had, I've struggled and. Uh, I don't want to say survived, but lived through uh, two periods of uh, depression, also coupled with anxiety. One was in two thousand six, and uh, the most current one was two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. Two thousand six, I was in Canada. I had absolutely no idea what was happening. I had a wonderful job in the outdoors. Um, I then moved back to the big city of Toronto. I had taken permanent residence. Everything seemed to be going just fine. Yeah. I had a beautiful place to live in. A very kind friend had offered me a place to live in. I got a job within three weeks of applying there, which is actually very hard when you move to a foreign country. So on on top of it, everything uh, seemed fine. And then I suddenly started noticing this thing of not wanting to get out of bed, not being excited about anything, negative thoughts. and um i sort of just gritted my teeth i had no idea what was going on i gritted my teeth and um 
in fact it was my wife michelle that at some stage said look looks like you have she was my we were dating then and she said that you uh, seem to have symptoms of depression and why don't you, so then i read up about it and then sometimes that's never the best thing to do because when you are in that edge state then everything you read you like yeah this is happening to me it's just going to get worse and yeah, i have uh, all the symptoms yeah so and then uh, i think i i spent two weeks just trying to deal with it for whatever deal means on my own and then i actually wrapped up my bags and i just moved to canada i'd barely been there a year and i wrapped up my bags and i came back home mm-hmm. uh, best decision i think i uh, ever took in my life for no other reason but because um i came back home to the loving arms of family uh, rocky lives down the road rocky and his family uh, just surrounded by people who loved me who understood it didn't judge me because uh, one of the things that i've dealt with uh, both the episodes of depression i've struggled with mm-hmm. is that i always feel that oh, people are judging me and people are going to think like you know i'm a failure uh-huh. i'm there so everything i do I was, so i think it was it was just wonderful to come back um it's so long back and memories always hazy when when at least for me when i go through these uh, episodes i seem to remember that finally i agreed to see a doctor um i went on medication for a little bit started getting a little better started walking started exercising and then i just dropped the medication and i and i moved on and it sort of just faded went away i got a job uh, it went away mm-hmm. uh it was hard while uh, So I think it took about 3 months to get get that whole operation going a month month and a half I just lay in bed nothing was right nothing was nothing was working and then I slowly started pushing myself I started applying for jobs uh, the first two job interviews I had to go to I had major panic attacks at home I remember lying on the floor crying just saying that I can't go how will I do this I'm not capable uh but somehow nobody taught me better I just gritted my teeth and said no okay I'll go and do this and then Um so it was just a little bit of medication and then exercising and then I found motive in life I started working and sort of faded just went away. So uh, I wanted to ask this yeah. uh, between you realizing that you're going through major episode of depression yeah and going to your, to your doctor and yeah. reaching out to family yeah. did you face some resistance within your circle that of disbelief like Oh no absolutely not. Okay. I'm very blessed. I think my parents were super supportive. uh i very clearly remember i said uh, rocky bear he actually he we have a friend in common who's a very dear friend of his mm-hmm. who's a trained uh, psychologist uh, he had her come speak to me uh and she basically just offered me space she listened mm-hmm. and then slowly at the end of it she said consider it and actually she was instrumental at that time in getting me to go see a psychiatrist when i was there because you're in that state everything is very scary yes when they said medicine and the first uh, doctor i remember we went to see was like immediately just said oh bipolar and put him on lithium and then i they gave a piece of paper and then i read about it and i was like what this is not what i have mm-hmm. even then in that state i knew i was like this is not what i have and, and you know then i read about all the side effects of lithium and i'm like no way i'm touching it and uh, so it it was a decision born out of fear mm-hmm. and uncertainty but i think it again uh, i'm very grateful that it worked really well because then the second doctor that i went to see said no look here's the thing try, let's try and normalize your sleeping because both times what i've really struggled with is that um sleep doesn't come or if it comes it's very patchy it's very disturbed and then when you then when i would wake up then it would be ruminating thoughts so ruminating yeah. thoughts are basically just the same negative thoughts going round and round yeah. and round in a circle you can't seem to break that pattern and uh so this they said let's get your sleep stabilized and like uh, um i don't want to go into the technical aspects of it but just the basically medicine that they said might help i think i was on it for like maybe literally 3 weeks and i possibly uh, the doc is cringing here because like i just took myself off it 
you know, there was no cooling off period, no weaning off because these are serious uh, medications. Mm-hmm. They are attempting to work with your brain chemistry, so it's probably not the smartest idea in the world to do that. So, um, but I maybe I just got lucky, and uh, I went past it. And then it was just like I said, support from the family, support from friends. And in fact, in both times, in 2006, in 2018, 2019, and this is a very important point, especially in a society like ours, where it is in many ways considered a stigma and all. I wasn't scared to share with people. Everybody I spoke to, because I'm by nature somebody who's very bubbly, very happy. I like to engage. I'm always yeah. moving. So everybody I met who knew me even a little bit were like, "Geez, what's happened to you? Like you're just sitting there. Your eyes look dull. You're this." And I would share. That I've got depression. I don't know what to do. This is what I'm worried about. I would just talk to people. So you were open. I was both times. Then 2018, 2019, and you know the wonderful thing is that when I shared, when I showed vulnerability, when I reached out to people with my story, all I got was love, support, understanding. People shared their stories. People shared about how they had uh, struggled with it in the past. Mm-hmm. People shared stories of what is. People started uh, sometimes offering advice. But other times, just sharing what worked for them or people, and just to be seen, just to put yourself in a state of being vulnerable and saying, "Look, I have this, this challenge. It's a sickness," and to be understood and to be seen and to not be judged. I think that was beautiful. That was like the first and very critical step of healing for me. I'm going to keep bringing this back to me and my experience, of course, because this is like I said, this is a very delicate area. Uh, my uh, scope. and my desire is not to give people advice on what they should do i think that the the doc is best suited but my journey like i've been very fortunate so i think for me the first step was actually being able to share and acknowledge that i have something that is out of the range of what would be considered normal i think you are the ideal guest because that's the format yeah. i envisioned and we envisioned because what happens is generally yeah. and i'm bringing this up after the first episode but it's a primer again mm. what happens is and i noticed it in media that generally discussions on mental health were preachy and correct they were top down and the space was not given to people who actually suffered and you know powered through it right so our format is this one person who has personally went through it mm-hmm. and one mm-hmm. side from the assistance or clinic clinician or some kind of aid yeah. as the pro- person provide yeah. so bhavna i would like to come to you now So one I of course mentioned in the beginning please enlighten our listeners if there is a major difference and if people should know what's the difference between quote and quote normal depression and clinical one but besides that I want to ask you that you might have like in tw- more than 25 years you might have seen hundreds or thousands of people battling depression how do like the, the stage like Mayu discussed how do people reach that stage and how difficult it, it is to you know seek help and ultimately you know reach out for help yeah i think you've brought up two very pertinent questions <laughs> let me start with the first one first mm-hmm. i feel in life at large everyone feels sad or low sometimes yeah but these feelings usually pass with time or are triggered triggered by some experience or something that is happening in their environment Mm-hmm. but depression which we also call as major depressive disorder or clinical depression is different it can cause this symptom of feeling low or feeling sad over time time frame mm-hmm. with and without triggers so what is important is that this feeling 
of a low mood or a sadness or a negative feeling or a negative thought process where there are thoughts of helplessness hopelessness and worthlessness happen actually persistently and without a trigger and what is important is to be diagnosed with depression an individual must have these symptoms for at least 2 weeks mm-hmm. and one of the symptoms i mean we are looking at i'll give you certain symptoms that people go through when we need to diagnose them with depression but one of the symptoms must be an affect to the mood where there is a depressed persistent mood or a loss of interest in pleasurable activities that earlier whatever we used to feel pleasurable now we don't even feel like doing that and even if we are doing that there is a lot of effort and there is a lot of negativity around it which keeps a motivating us mm. and so this a- one of these two symptoms must be present for us to get into a diagnosable clinical depression and these symptoms must be over a period of 2 weeks which is i think one of the good differentiating factors between just feeling low and sad which is a part or which could be a part of our routine life and which gets into a diagnosable clinical depression right so and this has to be without trigger you said right uh it could be with trigger and it can be without trigger but even if it is with a trigger mm-hmm. the symptoms persist for more than 2 weeks right so it's not that the trigger gets it i mean the trigger is over and the symptoms are over which happens in the normalcy of states yeah along with that like even what mayur said mayur said that he also went through other symptomatologies so like we said for diagnosable clinical depression there needs to be about five signs or signals that you are able to assess either of these two need to be there that means your mood is low or you've lost interest in pleasurable activities and besides that there are few that also need to be included which could include like what mayur was saying an anxious mood which would include insomnia a disturbance in your sleep mm-hmm. a disturbance in your ap- appetite which could include any kind of negative thinking pattern ideas of helplessness worthlessness hopelessness sometimes leading into suicidal ideations it could include a decrease in energy a higher fatigue or just the feeling of being slowed down cognitively it could include your attention concentration becoming lower decision making becoming a problem forgetfulness becoming high and psychosomatically there could be certain aches and pains which don't have a physical basis mm-hmm. but are psychologically impacting you and they seem like real time right. so out of these if we have even five it leads us to a better clinical diagnosis of getting into a depressive disorder which definitely needs medical intervention right there is one question which uh, a point which mayur also brought up and this is true especially in you know smaller cities of india people have a fear of being labeled when they visit a psychiatrist or a psychologist and getting a diagnosis so can you tell our listeners that besides what you said that two weeks uh, this condition has to persist for at least two weeks what all does the diagnosis entail yeah see uh, there are two different uh, points over here one the diagnosis must entail a period of time which we discussed was two weeks mm-hmm. and it must have at least five of these symptomatologies that i have 
discussed right now. Out of this mood and a loss of pleasure in doing activities becomes a pertinent sign or a symptom. A lot of people don't come in for help even when they see these symptoms emerging in themselves. And in these 25 years, I think psychiatrists and psychologists have faced this so-called stigma even more than the patients themselves. Because even when we need to practice, I started my career with the, the Fortis group of hospitals and I'm still with them mm-hmm. as a consultant. And even the room outside, all the consultants said cardiologists, pulmonologists, radiologists, and our room and my entire setup said well-being center. So there was no mention of a psychiatrist. There was no mention of a psychologist. And another set of rooms where we used to do a lot of these executive health checkups at stress clinic, which was at least a small movement from well-being, which is a very good, open, holistic term where we all need to reach. But it also does not signify that the societal acceptance for any kind of a mental health concern, which can be treated in with medical supervision. So that is what is important, that we need to stand up for any kind of a health concern. And mental health concern is only one part of the many types of health concerns that we have. So we need to first train our psyche to be as normal to health and as normal to mental health as we are to any other forms of health in our life. Right, right. So before we go to, you know, how people deal with, how people face the stigma and all that, I want to give you an example and then, of course, the question. Generally, like I get brow, I personally get browbeaten by people a lot. Mm. When I when I deal with my past experiences, I process them and I tell them as funny incidents. Like at the time, they were traumatizing, but they're my own, so I tell them as funny stories. Oh yeah, I do that all the time too. So, so you do it too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I get chastised for it a lot. Why do you do this? This is you're being insensitive. So. Tell our listeners and tell us that did you, when you were going through this time, did you develop any specific strategies? And if you, like eventually you might have, how did you process through the time? Like now, or is it just the benefit of hindsight? Like, because there might be a difference at the time, how you were dealing with it. Did you develop any strategies? Can I just step back a little bit and and finish the second part? Yes, uh, sure of the answer to your yeah, earlier yeah. question. So yeah. the second time I actually, so this was the first one was, mm. it just sort of faded and then life moved on. I got jobs. I started doing this wonderful show with my friends, started traveling. It was fine. 2018, 2019, uh, I think it was October, November 2018, I suddenly started noticing these symptoms again. Mm-hmm. So I used to go cycling. I I'd by then moved with my family to go and I used to cycle every morning and uh, I remember that gradual transition from like I used to enjoy the morning cycle and you know look forward to the sun rising over the fields in Goa and the clean fresh air on my face mm. and actually get excited because in Goa also like every neighborhood has these packs of dogs and you know I'd made friends with all the different packs so I'd call them out to the name and suddenly I noticed I wasn't doing that anymore and it was becoming mechanical mm. and because I'd been through it once um, so I had a bit more of a heads up yeah. not that it helped so I think I, I started noticing it and then I started uh, and then suddenly the slide really started. I, I started struggling with my sleep and then every time I would wake up, then you know, there would be all these these ruminating thoughts. And at that time, it went immediately to, you know, one of the core identities of uh, a, a person. I don't want to say man or woman. is also mm-hmm. that if you're providing, 
if you're a provider if you're the one that goes out yeah. and is the wage earner and stuff is that if that you start worrying about that like oh do I have money in the bank so that was one of the ruminating thoughts that started like you know I completely forgot about the fact that I've lived this really joyful life I've traveled all over the world I'm doing this show which is loved by so many people it all became about focusing on that oh my god do I have I saved enough if I die tomorrow who's going to look after my 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 family just a lot of them which you know if you are in a um in a frame of mind away from this yes. this challenging frame of mind i don't like saying normal and abnormal because the whole idea of this talk is also that we have to normalize the fact that uh, mental health is is as important as physical health and when you deviate from that it's a it's a challenge like if somebody breaks a leg they don't say that it's abnormal yeah and i think when somebody is depressed or somebody is uh, struggling with some mental health issues the last thing uh, you know we should put out there is oh, normal nahi yeah you know and uh, I, i i maybe it's a language thing also because like you know when we were growing up and all what is the standard thing when you see somebody who's got mental health issues it's very dismissive you're a pagal hai yeah. i don't know if there are even uh, my hindi is not no no i don't know if there are specific terms for it it's still there yeah so uh, so i think just even if that if we can start just basically looking at how we address these things in 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 a larger context and smaller mm-hmm. context in just using the correct words because words are powerful words are important yeah so uh, just stepping back to that so there but this time because i had it once before because of this so in the beginning i was struggling and again i went through this whole cycle of like ruminating thoughts not being able to sleep really worried about life not wanting to go see a doctor when i finally went and saw a doctor um you know i was again like just so i actually flew back because in, i was in goa mm-hmm. and i was like at that time i was like oh goa is a very small state the health facilities here are not very good i'll go to delhi to find a doctor and and please let me share this uh, this out there with this that my experiences with the medical fraternity the men- mental health medical fraternity in delhi was shocking i'm not even going to say this i'm not going to name names uh, i'm not going to this but and and because I think a part of that reason is because that and the doc here will bear uh, will I think agree to this is that the number of mental health professionals we have in our country as opposed to the number of people who yeah. need who might need actual help. professional medical help it's ridiculously skewed yeah, it's amazing. I, I mean I'm scared to even think about the numbers I, I if you've done the research we should actually put this out there that there like with the best intentions there are just woefully inadequate structures in place professionals in place to help people deal with it so there is almost like a revolving door like you know you're depressed you want to talk you want to do this you go to see this doctor you had to pull 20 strings to even get an appointment with the guy you walk in there he barely looks at you he's like yeah you speak you start speaking you're sharing this 3 minutes later he's like yeah okay i got it write you some medication puts it in your hand says come and see me after a month then i went to a second one because i said this no the second one again listened a little bit more then came up with some random thing of oh i think they asked me to do some tests i think which is very common uh, so i my my vitamin b my vitamin d my testosterone levels all were very low now when you're depressed all these things happen you're like oh my god something's wrong like oh my god my life is about to end you know it's just something like uh, when you're in a better frame of mind you're like okay i have vitamin b and vitamin d deficiencies i can address that i can get the vitamin d shots i can start you know taking supplements but at that time it's like the world has come to an end so again this the the, the second doctor was all about no no i think it's a testosterone please now you take this gel and you you rub it on your thing and it'll it'll help you and all but you have to be very careful because you can't get that on your clothes you can't use it if you have children in the house then you have to be very careful because yeah. you don't want testosterone so i'm like great 
Now I'm here, barely able to like get out of bed and brush my teeth. Now I have to start worrying about like putting gel and being careful about how my laundry is going to be done because I could be harming my children. An additional problem for you. So uh-huh. uh, and then a third one. Again, the same experience. And each time, part of it was also driven by my thing saying I'm not getting answers. I'm not getting this. But part of it was also because I was like, you don't see me. You don't want to listen to me. Like I find better support and better help with my parents or with my friends who are actually willing to sit and listen mm-hmm. and just listen without judgment, without this. Here it was a case of come in, yeah, okay, take some medication, go away. Who knows it'll work or not? So actually, there somehow gritting my teeth, my my uh, my parents took turns moving um, to Goa and like helping support uh, my wife and me and, mm-hmm. and our kids. My wife was a wonderful support. Basically. slowly then with therapy then i find went to a fourth doctor even there it took two sessions with that uh, with that gentleman to finally convince me i still remember very clearly having had it once before knowing that it it could help having read up a little bit i remember when they gave the medication putting those tablets on my table my dining table and crying and worried and saying i don't want to have this because by then of course you know you're told don't you go and read up all the side effects and stuff and there the logic doesn't work now even if you take an analgesic or whatever headache medicine or whatever if you actually read all the side effects yeah. that the pharmaceutical companies put down there which could happen you wouldn't be popping any medicine <laughs> but with 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 uh, medication for the mind again you read this and then you like i'm going to get all of this So I remember it took an hour and a half of of my wife Michelle sitting there and me sitting at the table and crying and worried and picking it up and saying no I won't do it and finally I and there was some medication to help with sleep and some medication to start uh, SSRIs I mean the doctor will explain to, yeah. to start addressing Antidepre- that antidepressant and I did that so first five or six days I was like just that and every time I went out I tried to keep a normal life I forced myself out my wife. my father my mother they said try and get out try and do your routine go out there and they were very sensible because my my sense of responsibility for my children is very strong so they like your kids need you so i would just grit my teeth and say never mind i will go with the children i'll stand there and i while they do their classes but i'll be there i'll be i'll be present and um, again there i would speak to fellow parents mm-hmm. and people and again all i got was wonderful support somebody offered to give me a cranial massage somebody said just come and i will you know just give you a nice warm bath and i'll chat with you people started writing in checking on me just saying hey how are you what's going on you know just that feeling of feeling loved feeling seen feeling cared for then what i did was and this is where i i, I what really helped i was also determined once i got a little better where i was able to start at least addressing things a little bit i said i will learn why should i wait for you know again i'm grateful that i have that op- opportunity i've traveled i'm educated i was able to actually get books demystify some of the scientific stuff in there and just understand the basics so i started reading about it and educating myself on it and then the deeper i read and i tried everything i was like you know i got i remember like somebody a friend of mine who i shared this with he he gave me a book called the power of the subconscious mind which basically said like do manifestation before you sleep every night even if you don't believe it tell yourself that you are what you're grateful for that you are going to be okay that you are going to have a bright future so i started with something as simple as that yeah. just morning and evening little strategies of just focusing on my breath so the the psychiatrist i had uh, the doctor in bombay wonderful man like he was very he said look i am giving you the medication but i'm giving you very little he saw what my concerns were he also encouraged me to 
go for therapy he also encouraged me to start doing some anapana meditation just breathing that time i didn't understand i will share further down the line where i now with my better understanding mm-hmm. believe that helps so i started doing this i started reading about it then i found something called the artist way i started writing every morning just the artist way said like you know just write get it off when you wake up in the morning just get it out of your system write three pages of anything that comes to yeah. mind sometimes it was just gibberish but so just whatever comes it. to your mind yeah. you just write that it. helps just basic exercise every day i was whether it was michel my parents my friends around me somebody or the other would land up and say come let's go for a walk in the sun just walk for half an hour and then they would try and say hey look what pretty flowers and i'd look and i'd say yeah they're just flowers and oh it's such a beautiful sky and i'm like what's so beautiful about the sky but just getting to the habit of of exercising every day yeah going to therapy trying to dig in deeper the therapy actually honestly didn't help uh, i tried two or three people it honestly did not work for me that is not to say it will not work for people i have multiple examples of of cases where people have managed to uh, uh heal themselves and go through depression purely through therapy just by digging but then again there are different reasons right there yeah. are different triggers so some of them were dealing with emotional trauma or physical trauma so there are as there are different yeah. reasons there are different approaches i mean like yeah. everyone is different like yeah. we said so what worked for me the therapy didn't work but just this breathing the meditation the exercise then slowly i moved into i was reading other stuff i started reading eckhart tolle uh you know the power of now mm-hmm. just staying mindful being present uh gratitude i started getting into a habit which i follow till today is that every morning when i open my eyes the first thing i do is just mention three things to myself that i am grateful for and before i sleep at night the last thing i mention is three things because we all no matter who we are what we are i'm sure we can all dig in and find three things that we're grateful for they can even be simple things like thank god i'm in good health thank god there is food on my table thank god i don't have to worry about where this is there yeah. thank god my parents are well i don't have to worry about anything so i think for me again like i said i'm mm. going to personalize this journey it and this time it, it again it took about 3 3 and a half 4 months before i got to a stage where i could really function again yeah uh, um, all these things helped at the same time what really helped was just the understanding of people around me you know like i do a show with rocky yeah now when i'm not working in this state i can't work i can't do something and i'm telling rocky look after three months i'm not going to work his work is affected our brand is affected his income is this but he was wonderfully supportive he said fair enough man you can't work like this our brand is about laughter and joy and all <laughs> how am i going to take your face there? and you know once in a while even there that helped people would actually joke about it of course i'm yeah. not saying yeah, levity should. helps a lot i'm not saying it's appropriate but if you have a relationship with somebody who is struggling with 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 depression yes. and you're in that space sometimes actually because it's unexpected it actually helps i remember two or three times somebody made a joke or somebody said something funny and i remembered i forgot and i remember to crack a smile and then i looked at it and i said oh wow if i can do this smile once in the middle of all this that means there's hope how did you normalize so your every day i um, i didn't normalize it i was in the middle of it yeah i didn't this i just spoke to people about it and like i said people were kind they shared resources so you were blessed with people who understood yeah again having said that here's the caveat to that there are some people who are very well meaning they love you they care for you but they say stuff from a place of not understanding or not having yeah. experience in them so they like yaar don't be so negative yaar positive thought soch yes you know like ye kya problem hai yaar ho jayega theek hai maza le yaar kyun ghabra raha hai yaar mere ko kya pata main kyun ghabra raha hu bhaiya mere ko pata hota if i knew why i was this i would 
So, so I think what really helped was somebody gave me a link to this uh, beautiful little comic. It's called Living with the Black Dog. Oh, and WHO I highly recommend. Yeah, it's from the WHO. I highly recommend that uh, if anybody is listening to this podcast and they either they're struggling with depression or if they have somebody in their environment, somebody they care for, this who is struggling, I think this is a wonderful, simple video that will actually let you experience what somebody with depression is dealing with. We'll leave a link to it uh, yeah. below the yeah. episode. Yeah, it, it would be good. So I think that helped. Yeah. And I think what my last point um, is that I think to, to, now I can use the word, to normalize the fact that mental health is just another aspect of being healthy and that when you are struggling with 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 balance it is important to accept that somebody is struggling with it that it is a sickness it is a disease and for many people not all because again the 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 degrees are varying with a required combination appropriate combination of whether it's medication or therapy or exercise and all these things put together you will heal yeah, you will yeah. get okay yeah so uh, that's how we that's how we norm that's how we normalize it conversations such as this people in the public space who you rightly said everybody thinks they're successful they're happy them them saying that look it's okay to be like this also that will help yeah mayur mentioned ssris for the people who haven't heard the term earlier or don't know what they are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or ssris are a type of antidepressants which are prescribed by psychiatrists to rebalance brain chemistry and alleviate symptoms for people who have clinical depression so bhavna i wanted to ask you one point which uh, mayu brought up look i know it from my like adhd and the community uh, there is a dearth of you know well trained or well meaning you know uh, psychologists or mental health professionals no there's no dearth of well meaning psychologists one sec please no no I, that, look, of well trained well, everybody who's in the space who's a doctor who's committed or no no please we have to be very very no, correct no, in I, this they've spent a large part of their lives believe me studying what, I, and they're serving something so they're all well believe me i know what i'm saying yeah. so there is a dearth of well meaning and well trained mental health professionals and i wanted to ask you like this medical like professionals like you is the medical fraternity aware of this uh, you know shortcoming within their within their circles within the community yeah you know i can understand where mayur is coming from and where you're coming from as well yeah. and before i address this uh, question i think mayur personally i would really like to congratulate you that you have done full justice to you coping with your depressive phase in your life and i'm very appreciative you. that you had that kind of a will from within yourself and you did put a lot of what you learned through all the different mediums into your life and i think one of the best things that you mentioned was you recreated a vision for your life and that vision was supported so this brings me to the question that if we get love support and a non-judgmental attitude from even few meaningful people around you mm -hmm. then that compensates a lot to build you up in a much quicker kind of a direction so mayur personally i feel you've done really well and some of the things that aided you i think you should continue to do even that is preventive because i think some things that build us up 
we should just make it a part and parcel of our life. I think your breathing exercises, your meditation, what you said about the beautiful gratitude journal is something so nice because yes, we all are blessed. And the moment we start recognizing those blessings, almost 50% of the negative distortions that we have in our life can lead us to becoming less overwhelmed. This is a direction that most therapists also take you towards. Correct. You know, anybody who is expertized and trained will also take you through this, that first of all, you need to take care of your body, which means a simple exercising routine, not just physical exercise, but like how Mayur said, even mental exercises of deep breathing, meditation, mindfulness, looking after your body by eating right, a lot of therapists these days say excessive sugar consumption Correct. is also not good because it correlates to higher instances of depression. So even having the right kind of foods coming in, all kind of prevent the chances of recurrence of depression. Then, of course, you need to take care of your mind where you you know, look at the positive characteristics and the strengths that you have. And you look at these blessings that you were mentioning about what life offers to you at large. What I'm trying to say is, everybody has different lights. I'm like, we're not here to judge people. And of course, it's easy to say, look at positive things in life, but some people have major issues. So what I'm trying to ask is, a lot of people struggle to find a good therapist or a good psychologist. And I can tell you hundreds and hundreds of people yeah. who have been judged and maltreated. Like I know people who not long ago received electric shock therapy and they are autistic like listeners of this podcast know I am autistic too. So we get a lot of bad treatment about this. What I was trying to ask was my initial question that therapists like you who do good work and you know, of course, they people in medical fraternity, especially in the same uh, specialization, talk to each other. Are they aware that there is a severe lack of well-trained yeah. professionals in India? Yes, uh, I was coming to that question yeah. after appreciating Mayur and then just continuing with my passion of what we can all do to take all these tips that Mayur has also inculcated and a lot yes. of us inculcate to cope up with depression. But yes, I do agree with you that especially in the field of, uh, I wouldn't say as much psychiatry, but yes, psychiatry and psychology, there has been at least in the last decade and a half, a lot of a mushrooming of many, many psychologists, many, many counselors, many therapists who work or have learned for two weeks, two months, two years, and equate themselves with people who actually need to practice at least with an MPhil, which means at least seven years of education of expertise in the field of psychology. Mm -hmm. I apologize on behalf of the fraternity that... Uh, a lot of, um, what would you say, a lot of vigilance was not exhibited till a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But now there is a very strict uh, regulation that is coming about. There are certain licenses that are being given basis the kind of expertise that you've had and not just the expertise academically, but also the internship. Yes, You know, the internship means the you need to have a working tenure because before you actually start working in the field of mental health. Yes. Because like I think, again, what Mayu said, one word can create or destroy a person's life, a person's uh, thoughts, person's feelings. So one has to be very, very um, selective 
and sensitive mm-hmm. to anything and everything that is happening in the form of therapy because therapy is actually a talk communication which is reaching the mind which is reaching the heart so yep there are a lot of people who do practice with very little knowledge i would truly want them to give themselves an insight and not to it people right. who practice with less expertise and what i would suggest to the people who are seeking support is go through the expertise the trainings and the experience of somebody before you choose into or choose your therapist so bhavna mentioned how mental health professionals are trained although there is no separate regulation or norm to train them but like many other medical specializations india needs a lot more mental health professionals historically you know women have found it much harder to you know forget the diagnosis even the acknowledgement of their depressive episode and their depression and i w- i read while i was researching for this and because i engage with my own community and depression is a common theme in many conditions so many pieces and books and you know articles written about and this was true just a few years ago that their symptoms were shunned as you know she's being hysterical and this is not just true for india worldwide and so please tell our listeners how is it different for women and like how much change there has been in our society and in you know for them to deal with their depression and be open about it if there is any you know uh there is in fact depression is twice as much more in women than it is in men and women also experience some hormonal fluctuations regularly and that yeah. is directly correlated with the increase in the depressive hormone i didn't know secondly, that secondly i think especially in the indian subcontinent there is a suppression of communication that women have not only been subjugated but have consciously decided to take on as their role also so mm. because they are not able to express there is a lot of bottling in that happens third thing is that a, a women take on multiple roles without actually getting credits or even self appreciation for that so when we talk of dual work pressures yes men are contributing more than what they contributed till last year i would say mm-hmm. but the kind of pressures that a woman faces is not just dual but is multifaceted and that is neither recognized by her to give her relief neither recognized by the society to provide her some support and what would you say uh, assistance to take care of it so all this when it is combined somewhere the triggers for her to get into a depressive state become much higher and then of course she has a neurochemical hormones which play yeah. up on all this and thereby the depressive symptomatologies become very high and the vicious cycle is even though there are signs and symptoms the persistence to continue as much routine life as one can in the shape of a woman just continues because she wants to be very very resilient and she wants to stretch herself beyond all norms because she wants to be that perfect mother that perfect wife that perfect sister that perfect daughter that perfect worker that perfect professional and there are only these dots that continue 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 i think so the first thing is for women themselves to recognize that when there are signs and symptoms they need to look after their own selves and this is not just in the field of 
depression or mental health i would yeah. say this is in the field of any facet of health you know like i said i work with the fortis group of hospitals mm-hmm. and we have a program which is called the ecc which i think a lot of you have gone through which is the executive health checkup every organization offers this to their employees at the end of the year when we have to see the ratio of men is to women who availed even these free services hmm. you will be surprised that if we had 100 men in a corporate 80 out of them availed the service and only 34 out of 100 women availed this service right so shocking so, so ratio is pretty skewed ratio is completely uh, yeah, skewed yeah, yeah. and that, i think that's not a nice thing human beings let alone men or women need to actually build up this awareness and build up the support that yes you do need to look after yourself and i am standing by with you to look after you right yeah and and can i just jump yeah, in yeah, i think please. that's a very very important please. point that we again and i think it it also plays again in the language that we use yeah and the scary thing in our society is that the flip side of the coin and a very valid point that that the doc has made is also in in societies like our, like ours well actually anywhere in the world it's also uh very hard for men yeah i mean if i had a rupee just one rupee for every time i've overheard somebody telling their son or kid and say boys don't cry or men don't cry <laughs> or like man up yeah like what the hell does that mean like are we don't we have the same brains don't we okay the hormones are different yes there uh, maybe but do we not feel i mean like so basically in our, in our society as like men and i can yes. just this, we don't give ourselves permission to be vulnerable we it, it's it's like you know like you're not manly if you share you're not manly if you cry you know i mean these are just these just a full outlets for emotions everybody feels emotions yeah, it, everybody needs outlets for emotions when they overwhelm you so that this pressure also like so so i know uh, uh, i know and that's this one of the big reasons why i'm sitting here Why yeah. I've done talks for uh, for a platform called Zen Brain. Why at nice. the end of my second phase of depression and all, I actually posted on Rocky and Mayur across all our platforms, sharing my journey about why I struggled, yes. why it's why I believe it's okay, the support I got, and what helped me. And hopefully, it'll help a lot of people out there. Is that it's it's okay? Yeah, like pa- you know, pa- like patriarchy like, screws everyone. Up. Like you know, man up. Like <laughs> men don't this. Yeah, yeah. That's nonsense. Yeah, chin up. I mean, get that yeah. out of your head. Yeah, get that out of your head. It's like. anybody can this like anybody can break a leg anybody can catch covid anybody can struggle with balance in their lives and have a problem with their mental health you know, it's okay you've touched upon the very reason for this podcast you know we began this because every illness people are talking about but when it comes to any kind of mental health issue yeah, yeah. people are so cagey about it and so you know they 10 foot pole about it like theek hai theek hai dur se even if you tell someone like i have experienced this personally and i like, i can give you scores of people who feel do deal with this every day if they told someone chances are that person would you know to start avoiding them and they will feel discrimination and this has to be stopped because everybody deals with that at, at some point in their lives as a clinician um, um when a person you know uh, seeks treatment and you know the initial phases are one of the most difficult ones how do they go about it in our country in our society which you are really, like you'll be able to give a practical advice if somebody is looking for help and let's say they are not getting appropriate support from the people around them how do, how does one go about seeking support and getting help for depression see i think the first thing is that we as individuals need to be aware that i need help 
And the moment I recognize this fact that I need help, then I will step out. So you do need to step out. Either you can step out individually or you can take the support of somebody in your near and dear ones and go out with that person. Go out with that person to select the right kind of the treatment modality that you would like to take. Now, there are two types of treatment modalities. One is OPD, where people mm -hmm. come in as an outpatient. And the second is IPD, which is where you come and stay in, into the hospital to restore the balances that you need in your life. So you need to identify which is it that would help you or enable you more. Sometimes when we don't have good love and support in our family, it's all right for us to come and stay in an hospital situation where people would take care of you and where empathy would be granted to you. I started my academic and professional career with NIMHANS, which is the National Institute of Mental Health. And that is actually a wing where people come in and stay just to restore themselves till they're able to go back with functionality into the routine family structures, professional structures and life. Mm -hmm. So one is that, that we choose between these two modalities. Then Personally, I would feel it is better for us to reach out to a psychologist or a good trained therapist before we reach out to a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Because in case we are able to manage our depression with psychotherapy without the aid of medications, because medications somewhere also numb our emotions, Correct. numb our thought processes. So in case we are able to handle these cognitive and emotional distortions that depression brings along with us in a therapeutic manner. It aids us to be able to not numb something that is important to us, like emotions, even of crying, even of anger, whatever the emotions are, those are important. So we go into a therapy regime. Usually there are very many different types of therapies that are done. One of the therapies that is very uh, uh, what would you say beneficial is what we call as CBT and mm -hmm. psychodynamic therapy. So both these therapies can be chosen as options besides very many more that there are at least to start with. And usually it takes somewhere for a clinical depression about 10 to 12 sessions for you to heal yourself. The therapists who are expertized will definitely assess you and let you know whether medication should be as an assistive treatment or as a primary treatment for you or it is not required. So I think a combination of two sometimes helps to, you know, what would you say, to reduce the severity and to overcome it more quickly. There is no harm. These medications can be short term or if required, especially with depression and bipolar, can be taken over a period of time and then weaned off, but not like how you weaned it off, Mayur. Yes, I know. I, I already acknowledge that. Can, can I just say that the second time round, like when I did you it, it was under medical supervision. Certain even without seeing me. Yeah. But take care and keep the maintenance therapy on at least for the next three months, even post you having come out of this depressive phase. And maintenance therapy means meeting up with your therapist at least once in a month. What I personally do is post these three months, we continue our liaison for the next three years, at least once in a year with any of our clients who's gone through a clinical depression or any other mental health condition also, but definitely for depression because there are chances of it being episodic and recurring. Right. So proper support definitely will aid us and it will not make India the number one country for depressive symptomatologies. Mm. Yep. Can, can, can I just... Yeah, sorry, everybody sorry, yeah. the best of mental and emotional health 
and look after yourselves yep thank you thank you bhavna thank you for keeping me here and having me a part of this podcast It was lovely interacting with both of you yep. and look forward to many more thank you thank you so much mayur like we had a long discussion about this i want to ask you a very casual question in the end just just on a lighter note now when you look at that period when you were going through it do you think you came out any wiser i mean like or is it just an illusion of hindsight because i i'll tell you why i asked this question a lot of people like are not fortunate enough like you or me who have people around you who support them and they try to avoid like they do everything to not remember and not look at that period back mm. a lot of people and mm-hmm. these are young people mm-hmm. who have faced this through because of loneliness mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. through childhood or because yeah. yeah do you think as a person as an individual who dealt with severe depression and you know whose life was affected did you actually gain something from it so that which which you use every day or it's just because of hindsight it looks better oh my god yes hundreds of things i mean like how much time do you have i think uh, <laughs> yes a i i will keep repeating that because gratitude is a very important yes, part of my life yes. now i'm very grateful that uh, that i went through this so there are two or three things again this is not based in medical thing i'm always yes. uh, putting that disclaimer out the way i describe it because i speak to a lot of people about it i'm mm-hmm. now because having gone through it myself twice i am a lot more uh, a empathetic and before that i notice i can actually i've there have been cases now where i have actually gone up to friends or colleagues or people and said you're struggling please leave yourself open to seeking help i'm here to listen just talk yeah. to me and then i've been able to talk to them so i think yes so in fact if you ask me i am super grateful that these two things happened to me because like with everything else so let us take a physical example because people are used to that yeah you eat you drink you party you go out you eat fatty food you gain weight you don't look after your health and you're managing because your body is a wonderful thing it keeps adjusting adjusting one day you wake up you have a heart attack after that if you're sensible for a long time at least if not for your life you're super careful you you lose you try and lose weight you exercise you're mindful of what you, you i hope yes. you're mindful of what you eat you start looking after yourself because you're like boss that happened i don't want it to happen to me again and i think uh, so you can do the same thing for the mental so the way i describe it is and this is my limited understanding yes. it's not a scientific this is i equate uh, a break in your usual way of functioning mentally mm-hmm. as a crack in a window pane or a crack in a slab of glass you can join it together which is healing you've healed it but that crack remains and i found from my experience with myself and talking to other people and all then that crack what happens when you have a crack in something even when you heal it that's yeah. a weak point right yeah. that is where if you put pressure on it is where it will crack again so it is actually incumbent on you it is actually the wisest thing to do is to maintain your state of mental well-being or that pane of glass so that you don't overload it because when you overload it the chances of that cracking as opposed to a completely normal thing are a lot more how do you do it so i'm just building on what what the doctor said i now this has been 2018 2019 till date almost every day i won't say every day because nothing happens every day yes. except brushing your teeth and other stuff that we can't talk about here uh no no the i do my gratitude we can talk about <laughs> i do no just i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm going party okay <laughs> yes fine <laughs> so, <laughs> so i think uh what i choose to do every day and i say choose again i, I yes. can talk at length about choice 
what I choose to do is like I do this gratitude morning and evening. I make sure I get exercise every day. I think positive thoughts. I extend appreciation and gratitude to people. I exercise. I am mindful. I notice when I am like getting a little shaky mm-hmm. because it would be a lie to say that everything's hunky dory. Everything can be supposedly great in your life. but your mind is such a thing you let it go the mind is such a powerful thing yeah it can heal you of almost anything i mean you know there are stories out there people who've healed them it can also make you really sick when you think everything's okay yeah so the important thing is to keep exercising those muscles so the same way after your heart attack you keep ro- running and jogging you become leaner you become a better person i am very grateful that at least i've mentally made myself i would like to use the word stronger through mindfully doing all these things every day to after looking after not just my body but my mind you're always you cognizant of the fact right and i think for that i want to come to this that and and what we talked about the doc talked about that after you had an episode or after you struggle yeah. you look after yourself for at least 3 months i'm saying why don't we all just do it anyways how much time does it take you every day in your life to open your eyes and think of three things you're grateful for yeah before you go to bed three things you're grateful for Make sure you get half an hour of exercise. Yeah, the two times in your office, don't take the lift. Just walk up and down the stairs. Have walking meetings. Why do you have to like sit with them? If you have a one-on-one or two, one-on-one meeting with somebody, walk. If you have to, if you're taking a cab or whatever and all, get a pin. There's so many strategies. Get a small pin mm-hmm. and walk 200 meters and then take your cab. Yep. Encourage yourself to exercise. Encourage yourself to breathe. Encourage yourself to be mindful. I mean, I cannot. over stress yeah, yeah. sorry to use the word stress here it's, but it's right. the importance of meditation and mindfulness of just being aware of what you do so i want to now come back to that you know they say because i've just read this wonderful book by uh, james nestor on the power of breath and hmm. actually now in modern day therapy and all people are using mindful breathing and meditation yeah. to address many physical and mental challenges to themselves yeah. so whether it's anxiety or the breathing actually helps and how does it help you know you have different techniques you have the andrew whale technique which is like four inhales seven holds eight exhales you have the navy seals box 444 you have different types of meditation so helps a lot you yes. you have pranayama you have sudarshan kriya why because your mind is such a beautiful thing and such a willful thing at any given stage it's running in nine different directions right you you you're eating your meal but you're also trying to look at a screen or you're wondering about your next meeting or you're taking a conference call you're trying to do nine things together at the same time if you can train your mind to wherever possible trying to do one thing at a time finish that be mindful of that when you breathe what are you doing when you're breathing when you're counting 4 7 8 hmm. you can't think of anything else no you lose your count so when you're breathing you're mindful at that moment your brain is not trying to jump into the future go into the past it is focused on the present on the now right now i am breathing i focus on my breathing then all those thoughts fade away or if they do come wonderful let them come because the mind is there but don't get stuck on any one of those thoughts that helps me yep. again the analogy i use because i wanted to simplify it because yes. when i talk to people nobody wants to hear about especially people who are struggling you start pulling out ptsd ffi ssri they like yaar i am already struggling to like brush my teeth now you're telling me all these things yeah. i said simple look at meditation or look at mindfulness as you sitting in your balcony right by the highway watching a stream of cars go by you're looking at those thoughts those are the cars hey that's a nice red jeep compass uh, four people sitting there oh there's a guy he's like driving and he's talking on the phone oh that one has got like four kids great 
the troubles begin when you get off the balcony and go and sit in one of those cars and go for a ride <laughs> meditation yes. or mindfulness is about just watching and saying yes they're coming they're going let them go you are focused on being present in the balcony yes. and you are aware that you are not your thoughts this is very important especially when you're depressed and all the the impulses that i am like you know your identity becomes i am a failure i'm this i can't do this and this if whenever you can heal or even now when you're well if you can realize and understand and practice the fact that you are not your thoughts you are a presence you can observe your thoughts and say that's not me i'm just somebody who's observing this then you can start moving your mind in a direction which says this this is good for me this works this is not good for me you can be more aware so if i would request people to take away one thing from this talk it is please consider the power of just in your busy lives with work this that phone the number of times i hear people say i have to do this i have to do this number one please don't make yourself powerless i have to i have to i have to now when people tell me i have to do this i said you have to or do you choose to yes because you are not don't wake up in the morning and be dragged around by your day and by your people whatever you're doing you're choosing to do and if you're not choosing to do it see if you can come up with some strategies to not do that thing. yeah so when you breathe when you meditate take 5 minutes in the morning 5 minutes in the evening 5 minutes is all i'm asking you to start and just try and focus on your breathing will you be able to immediately no you won't other thoughts will come <laughs> phones will ring but keep trying keep trying like with everything else it's a thing arnold schwarzenegger all these big guys the bodybuilders when they first started they were also skinny little people they also could only do a 2 kilo dumbbell <laughs> but they they mindfully went at it they practiced they built those muscles then they could lift 500 kilos also without worrying the mind is the same and it is more powerful than the body if you train it right if you work mindfully towards like actually getting this there it's amazing what the mind can achieve so please take 5 minutes out in the morning 5 minutes out in the evening from your super busy day sit down quietly you can do it anywhere and just focus on your breathing you know if I, you can't do that one last thing i'm sorry yeah, yeah. i know no, i no no it's okay one last thing you could do it anywhere if you're in a meeting and lots of things are going on 20 people are speaking you're not expected to speak then but in your mind you are here you are there you are judging the person who's saying this you this <laughs> bring yourself back to it put your hand out put it on the table and just for one minute just mindfully feel that table there run your hands on that table feel the texture focus on that one thing or just like stare out of the window look at one cloud in the sky focus on that cloud say is it changing shape is it move just be able to focus just train your mind to be able to stay in one place still you know we call it sthir the still mind still mind doesn't mean you're not thinking it just means that you have the ability to be able to focus on doing one thing at a time my last thing i will tell you then i cuz i can see that you're jumping in this no 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 i'll no. tell you what really helped me i uh, what really i have adhd that's okay. that's my normal okay, state okay, of being okay that's cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry about what it what really helped me was i saw this because you know like i said this time around i tried to read i saw resources so i found this video by by a monk called dandapani acha okay dandapani is uh, i think he's tamilian dandapani dandapani okay sorry dandapani right? in fact he's tamilian dandapani can you dandapani he's tamilian so it would be dandapani dandapani so he uh, he said a beautiful thing like you know he gave this little talk about the difference between uh, on like what awareness is that's a long story mm-hmm. but like what he said was he said just pick one thing and get used to doing it mindfully and that's good practice so i still exercise it today whenever i am frazzled and all otherwise also do it i said when i brush my teeth we discuss that you do something yes, I, i brush my teeth in the morning and the evening 
I now count the number of strokes. So I know I have, I do 130 strokes. I know I do five up, five down, whatever, right? And I keep the count. Because the moment your mind wanders, when that is happening, you lose your count. Yes. Then you go back to it. <laughs> so just through that one small exercise, if, if I'm having a crazy day and I'm doing 500 things, that time with myself when I'm brushing my teeth, because mm -hmm. usually you don't have, you're not parting then, you're not talking to five, you can't talk with yes. others. I use that just to train my mind to say, yeah, just stay focused, count your 130. Then I'm present. Then I can actually feel the toothbrush going over each tooth. I can feel the feeling. Then I can focus on the thing. Oh man, this one, this toothpaste is a little more minty. Wow, it feels nice. You're one thing. You focus on one thing. That in itself is me training myself to be more aware, to be more mindful. And all these things, when you add up the exercise, the gratitude, the mindfulness, the positive thoughts, all these things add up to basically making that not, it won't heal that crack. That crack is there. You've healed it, but it's not there. But all this helps in you ensuring that you don't put load on that crack so that you it'll yeah. break again. Yeah, I mean, being aware of your own vulnerability yes. is a good thing. Yes. And I, I, what I wanted to say was, yes. this this discussion went into a bit of spirituality, which I, I personally know, like you're a practicing Buddhist, yeah. but this also went into Vedanta, which I am. Like yeah. Vedanta. yeah. So like, like, yeah. It's a common saying in many Vedantic thoughts. Yeah, but that's why spirituality was there because all this stuff existed yeah, way like, back then before psychiatrists, before psychologists. <laughs> people struggled then also. No, And it's important. That's spirituality a, is yeah, very important. Yeah. So what, what it says is like the common theme is yeah. and it's common in a lot of spiritual uh, yes. thoughts and you know chains that people are more than just their mind, body and thoughts. Like the, the collective is much more than individual things. Correct. So yeah, it's a, so discussion ended. Who said that? So it's no, a, I'm just kidding. I'm it, saying it's mind, Vedantic. body and you're saying people are more than mind, body and thoughts. So if it's not your mind, it's not your body, it's not your thought, then who's saying it? No, no. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm autistic too. Huh? I don't get the context. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm very literal. So you get to know got it thing. got it so Thank the you discussion is ending on a very beautiful note so we leave a bit a few um, links with you in the end where you can seek help and the WHO video which uh, Mayur recommended and even News Laundry's own Basant had reported on it in 2019 the report uh, established that how mental health services in India are lacking because of lack of awareness and lack of facilities. You'll find the link to the report in the show notes below. And a couple of places where you can find things which will help you deal or help you deal with situation or condition you're going through or you have been through. Thank you, Mayur, for being with us. This was a very nice discussion. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for having me, uh, for uh, letting me share my story. Um, and to all of you listening out there, especially those of you who may be struggling with this, please remember, for most of us, when we go through this, at some stage, especially if we mindfully work on it, we will be okay. And we will continue to be okay. And when we're not okay, please let's give our permission, ourselves permission to not be okay for a while. That's also fine. Good luck. Stay smiling. Be grateful. Love life. Thank you, Mayur. I also want to mention we are recording this during the Mental Health Awareness Week. So this week, if not any, any other week, be aware of yourself. If you're struggling with something, don't deny it. Denial is the most common of all human responses. We should not do common things. No. All of us are extraordinary and beautiful. So look, 
In the end, all I want to say is, despite being quite common, depression is a complex mental health condition that affects people on multiple levels. And the worst thing any depressed person can do is isolate themselves or be alone. Recognizing the symptoms and causes and seeking appropriate help without the fear of being judged is essential to come out of it successfully. Remember, you are not alone and help is available to guide you on your journey to healing. Take care. This podcast was supported by the Google News Initiative through the News Equity Fund. News Laundry is possible because of our paying subscribers. We don't run corporate or government ads. You too can be part of changing the news model. Go to newslaundry.com slash subscription. Be a part of the community that pays to keep news independent. For the smoothest News Laundry experience, download our app. Watch our shows, listen to our podcasts, read our reports. Stay informed. Pay for news. Protect democracy. Save the world. Save the world.